5, 5 4, 4, 3, 3, 2, 1, 1. We have ignition. Strap in. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. I am the host of this show, Brian Tarvin, joined with co-host Jonathan Miklos, who two two of our teams, you know, the Auburn Tigers and the Florida State Seminoles embarrassed this weekend. Not a great weekend for this program, for the host of this show. So we'll talk about in depth uh, the Auburn Tigers, what's next, Florida State, what in God's name happened to to give up close to 70 points, 63 to 20. And uh, Florida State did score 10 late in the game to make it, I think it was 63 to 10 at one time. I mean, is Florida State this bad? Is Louisville this good? I mean, what in the world could make it a team, a number two team, get beat that bad? Well, we're going to talk about it tonight. Hopefully, Jonathan is not hanging himself somewhere, but he should be good to go to, to be able to talk some football. Jonathan's a pretty good sport. He is a homer, just like we all are inside. We want our team to win, but at the end of the day, it, it's football. It's uh not life or death or anything, but it, it was life or death for Auburn last night when they they had a shot to to take that record to two and one and and nobody plays a tougher schedule in the first four weeks than Auburn with opening up with Clemson. Arkansas State was a kind of a breather to to correct your game on mistakes, and then you're back at it against Texas A and M, and then the following week, next week, LSU comes to town. So it it sucks because. If you're if you could play Michigan schedule, Tennessee schedule, Florida schedule, some people like this that play cupcakes for the first month. Heck, Auburn would be three and zero right now. Florida State would be three and zero right now. You know, it's just. But the thing is, Florida State's played Ole Miss on a neutral site. Then they go to Louisville and play. They did play somebody in between. But I mean, it's it's different when you're trying to work out kinks. You know, against Ohio or or Furman or someone like that where you're trying to work out your kinks against Texas A&M. you got offensive line problems, Texas A&M's not where you want to start, you know, to try to fix it. You need to fix that. And as the season goes, I do believe Auburn's going to get better. Um, they will change quarterbacks this week. I believe you'll see John Franklin III take over the the quarterback number one. And you may even see Woody Barrett, the true freshman, get some snaps. Because here's the deal. If you're a true realist out there, and I try to be. Sometimes I'm not. But this season, it doesn't matter really if you're six and six or or, or two and ten. I could care less. But what I do want to see is I want to see young players getting a lot of PT, and I want the older players, you know, doing good and stepping aside, helping these young players grow. Because one thing I've noticed that this Auburn team has has not done a very good job developing the quarterbacks over the last few years, and the offensive line. They did lose their offensive line coach. It just made it very tough to uh, 
to to really get a new off. This is a totally new offensive line. Every position has a new offensive lineman on it. So you, you don't want to try to work out your kinks against some of these teams that were playing Chavis um, year two of his uh, his team. He's got A&M play a lot better defense. Is A&M a good team? They're, they're probably in the top third of the SEC right now. But are they unbeatable? No. I mean, Auburn had it last night. It was 16 to 10, um, I think, at halftime. And they had four three and outs. A&M did. Auburn held them, had the ball at least at their own 40 for four possessions in a row, came up empty on every one of them. And then when they finally put John Franklin in, they're down two scores. So that's not the time to put John Franklin in. And, and from what I'm hearing is, if Gus Malzahn loses to LSU, he's done at Auburn. He'll no longer be the coach. Do I agree with that? I don't think so because who are you going to get to replace it? Unless you can get Herman, Art Bryles, someone of that caliber, you're just going to set yourself back. That's Tennessee, Alabama, what it's like to play musical chairs with quarterback or, or with coaches. It, it takes a while to build. Auburn is built on a top ten recruiting class. Their defense is and I'm going to say this honestly, second to none in the SEC. I mean, they're they're right there with Alabama, LSU, whoever you want to put up there defensively. They kept A&M to five field goals last night when it could have gotten ugly, especially when we turned the ball over the way we did. Uh, they kept us in it. The defense kept us in it until they couldn't anymore. And if your offense is going three and out over and over and over again, um, that's what happens. Your defense gets tired at the end of the game. They give up a big play when they, I wouldn't say quit, but when they just don't have any more fight left in them. When Auburn drove it all the way down the field and got to the five-yard line, went four on fourth down and couldn't get it, you could see it just deflated the whole entire stadium. But when John Franklin came into the game, it was uh, it was something good to see, to see him being able to run the football. Can he throw the ball well? I don't think so, but – I think if you get the more reps he gets, the more first-team reps in practice, and the more game reps he gets, yes, I think he's going to be able to throw the ball very, very well. And um, all you can do is, is play him and see. You can't do any worse. Sean White, Auburn did not attempt a pass last night of over 20 yards. Over 20 yards, zero plays over down the field over 20 yards. And people ask the question, why? Well, I can tell you the question. Now, I can answer it for you. Auburn couldn't block. They couldn't block Texas A&M's front to give Sean White the time to make the throws down the field. And people want to blame it on Sean White being the quarterback. Well, it wasn't all his fault last night because I put it on the offensive line. But he's not a quarterback made for the SEC, and he's not made for this system. He's a pro-style quarterback in a way, and he, he just has no business being at Auburn, I think if Franklin played in the second half last night when the game was within a score, I think Auburn had a good sh- a good shot to win the game. Just like the first game against Clemson, had Sean White played the entire game and, or Franklin the third, either one, instead of rotating a quarterback in every play, they would have won. But you, you put Auburn against some of these schedules that these other teams have played, and they're 3-0 and right now. Iowa losing to a, an FCS school. Yep, now they're 2-1 and in the AP poll. Has them ranked. Believe that. Or the coaches poll has them ranked. 25th right now, Iowa. And let's let's look at, at the tough Iowa Hawkeyes' schedule so far. I know it's been tough. They, they started out with uh, Miami of Ohio, won that one. They, they 
played Iowa State, probably the worst team in the Big 12 compared to Kansas, and then they lose to North Dakota State. Now they got a tough one at Rutgers, back home against Northwestern, at Minnesota, at Purdue. I mean, this this schedule's a joke, and they're they're probably the most overrated team in the coaches' poll right now. I, I just don't understand how you put Iowa, how they were as high as they were, but looking at who they played. Texas is still in the coaches' poll at 24, and I—I I mean, they're giving up 40 points a game right now. So, I don't think they have a bright future in the top 25. Florida's not going to stay in there long. As Tennessee's going to drag them across the field next week, as we'll talk about Georgia, how they keep climbing up, I have no idea. But they're going to get killed by Ole Miss this weekend, so we won't see them much longer. Well, I think it's true this year, and you can finally say it that the SEC is down. And when I say down, I don't think there's a team in the SEC, honestly, that's going to win the championship. And, I mean, Alabama is the only team, the only team that has a shot in the SEC to win it. Because I look at it, I'm, I mean, Tennessee hasn't looked good, but yet they're going to beat they're going to beat Florida this week to show you how overrated Florida is. And I'll bring Jonathan on and talk about this one. Jonathan, you look at the SEC right now, and it's, it's really, to me, Alabama and everybody else. And the way Georgia and Florida and Tennessee look, I mean, the SEC is not that strong this year. And I just don't see a team making the playoff this year unless or winning the playoff this year from the SEC conference. Uh, I mean, we're, we're only three weeks in. Um, and one thing I, I've noticed, if anything, is that Nobody's really looked dominant. Um, you know, I mean, Ohio State obviously has shown it. Louisville has shown it. But, uh, you know, we, it's, we're looking at the SEC and we're yeah. looking at the Big Right. Right. You know, it's just – it's so early in the year. Um, I, I really – I really think Alabama's still the team to beat in the SEC, and I still think that they're going to play for the title at this point. Yeah. Well, let me let me talk to you about this, Jonathan, and you missed this part. And this is a bad day, bad weekend for Florida State and Auburn. I mean, it was. It wasn't a good weekend. But if if you look at Florida State, they, they played Ole Miss in a neutral side. It showed yesterday they're a pretty dead gun, good football team. Then they play at Louisville. So two of their first three games are really, you could say, top ten opponents, honestly. Ole Miss is not in the top ten because they've lost twice. But they lost to real, real good football teams. Auburn, you know, at, playing Clemson, even though it was at home, A&M, they didn't have time to work their kinks out and to try to develop that offensive line. If, if you put Florida State in Tennessee, Georgia, Florida's schedule or whatnot, Florida State's 3-0 and right now, and Auburn's 3-0 and right now. But how difficult is it when you open up with a schedule like Florida State and Auburn has to, to be 3-0 and right now? It's kind of tough, especially when you – you're, you've got a young offensive line. You're, you're breaking in a freshman quarterback. We're, we're trying to find a quarterback. It's just hard when you play that type of schedule. Then next week, Auburn plays LSU, so it doesn't get any easier. Right. I mean, it's incredibly tough. Uh, we, you know, we saw yesterday. Um, I'm pretty sure some of y'all watched more of that game than I did, to be completely frank. But we saw yesterday <laughs> that Florida State's quarterback has some things he needs to uh, – Needs to work on our offensive line. Needs some work, and 
You know, I'm not going to say coach. Florida State's soft. That team is soft. That is a bunch of pansies running around that field. They got punched in the mouth and didn't punch back. Those are a bunch of chicken shit bitches. I mean, damn. That was the most disappointed I have been in a Florida State team since that Oregon game when it was a me show in the damn secondary. And before that, it was the North Carolina game in 2001. We forgot to show up and lost 41-9. to I mean, that was ugly. I am disappointed in what the effort I saw on that team. I saw a team that quit, and that bothers me. That team quit. Early. Early in the second half, they quit. I mean, it was like early. I mean, the first play of the second half, they quit. Or maybe it was before that you saw it. Maybe maybe you saw it before that, but Florida State has no business. And I, even on Louisville's best day, they can't beat Florida State that bad. I mean, think about it. I, people pick the upset, you know, Florida State losing to Louisville on the road, but nobody saw that coming. It was 35-10 to 10 at halftime. At that point, do you think Florida State had quit and packed it in? Because shortly after that, it was 49-10 to 10 and then 63-10. to 10. Uh, I turned the game off at 28-10. to 10, And that, I've I got to be completely honest, first time I've done that as a Florida State fan to where I actually not, not walked away from the game, turned it off, did not turn it back on. When it went to 28-10, to 10, I, walked, I turned off my TV – when I came back, I watched North Dakota State beat Iowa. That's it. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to look at it. My, my I was not going to let my entire Saturday be tanked by pathetic effort. I feel that that punt return, that team completely shut down. No doubt about it. But I feel, I honestly feel like that defense quit in the second quarter. I really do. I think they quit. They said, well, we can't stop this guy from running all over the field. You stopped him last year. He threw for 300 yards last year but had 30 yards rushing. This year he throws for about a buck 50 and runs for like 200. Come on, guys. You can handle him. Florida State was pathetic yesterday. They were soft. That's bad coaching and that's weak players. Yeah, and I know you have to be disappointed when you lose like that. Because, you know, what what hurts Florida State going forward is they can win all their games, Jonathan. They can win out, and they still may get left out because of that game. When you get beat that bad, it's it's just it leaves an imprint on people. Well, loss is a loss, they say. But, I mean, you look at the stats, it wasn't like – it wasn't like if I read the stats, I wouldn't sit here and think 63 to 20. Does that make sense? I mean – you look at the stats, I mean, Florida State didn't do well. Frank Wall at 7 of 18, 101. You back up, 1 of 6, 12 yards. That's not good. But what, I, what concerned me was the 16 rushes for 54 yards, and that, that tells the story. Florida State got behind very early, and they had to throw the ball. And that's not good when you have a, a freshman quarterback on the road. And you've got a – Louisville has a, a good defense. Let's let's not kid ourselves. They have a lot of those Georgia players that were in prison for 10 years that got out and released, and Petrino brought them in. And, <laughs> and they're they're pretty good defense. They're, they are a pretty good defense. So you can't – you can't just say Louisville's trash in Florida State. Florida State did quit. I mean, would Louisville have won yesterday if Florida State kept fighting? Probably. That was their day. But – 63 to 20, come on. I'm not buying that that's the Florida State team. Because I saw the Florida State team that played Ole Miss when they were down 28 to 6 or whatever it was. And 
and came back and annihilated them. Being on the road, I mean, Louisville, are they unbeatable, Jonathan, right now, do you think? I mean, I'm I'm, not, I'm never going to say Louisville's unbeatable. Somebody's going to figure out how to stop that quarterback. It may be Boston College. It may be somebody like that. But I, I'm not ready to, to put Louisville in the playoff just yet. They, they still play. They go at Marshall, at Clemson. I don't think they go to Clemson and win that game. Um, then they play at Virginia. NC State at home's even tricky at Houston. So so they still have a long way to go, don't they, before they start talking about ACC championships. Uh, they do, but, I mean, to be completely honest, Clemson's their only real tough game left uh, in the ACC. I mean, they got, they got Houston at the end of the year, but, I mean, Clemson's the only tough one. They get Virginia and Boston College and Wake Forest. Uh, North Carolina State, they're they're going to annihilate them teams. Uh, you know, it's not even like they're going to NC State. At least I could be like, oh, they have to go to Raleigh. No, 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 it's at home. Like they're going to, I think Virginia and Wake Forest. Oh God, stop me now. You know, I, I what I saw yeah. yesterday though was that was Louisville's Super Bowl. That I mean, they made sure in the let's attack on more points. We're going to try and hit seventy. We're going to do this for. And then they gave Petrino the Gatorade bath after the game. And I'm sitting there, I'm looking at it, and I go, is that probably the biggest game in Louisville's history? It might be. You just beat number two Florida State at home. Your biggest game before that, and what I've been hearing all week, was when they beat, when they were both top five, when they played West Virginia, I want to say it was 2006, and they beat them, or maybe it was 07. It was the year West Virginia lost to Pitt, and LSU got to go play for the title. So, yeah, 07. Um yeah. But, I mean, when I saw them Gatorade bath Petrino, and I saw them still trying to get run <laughs> up that score even more in the fourth quarter, I went, man, if Marshall was a good team, they're going to kill them next week. And that was the first thought in my mind. I'm like, if this was Marshall from two years ago, Marshall beats Louisville's head in next week. They ain't going to be ready. They ain't got nothing for that game. But now you got Clemson in two weeks. I got to be honest. I'm obviously uh, I'm rooting for Clemson. And to be even more honest, I'm rooting for Houston at the end of the year. I need, I want, and I need Louisville to finish ten and two, and I need Clemson to finish eleven and one. And we need to go eleven and one for us to even have a shot at making the playoff and playing for the ACC title. Yeah, I think I think even with an ACC win, Jonathan, I, I think Florida State can't overcome it. I, don't, I just don't think they can overcome a loss like that, unless it's just clear cut. There's nobody else to consider. That that's where it, it hurts. Louisville started the season sixty to one to uh, make the playoff. It's five to one now. So if you put a hundred bucks on Louisville to make the playoffs, you're feeling pretty good about your bet right now. You're feeling pretty good about yourself. But again, we're three weeks in, guys. We don't know much about anything. But I can tell you about my Auburn Tigers. I can tell you that their offensive line is suspect. They have trouble pass blocking, which means they have trouble running the football because they get in predictable downs. I, I can tell you Auburn's, if they if they go first and ten, second and six, get ready. It's going to be on. They're going to start rolling. But when it's first and ten and it's second and 13, it's devastation coming. So, um, Jonathan, I know you watched the Auburn game last night. What is Gus Malzahn? And I'll say something about Gus, some information I found out to share with everybody. But, you know, second half, Auburn's down by six starting the second half. They hold A&M 
inside their 20, four, three and outs four times in a row. Did it ever occur to Gus Malzahn to maybe put Franklin in during that time? I mean, besides waiting till they're down two touchdowns? Because, I mean, what a dumb coach. And I'm sorry. I mean, Gus Malzahn, sometimes he just makes me scratch my head a little bit. But I think the offensive line, I can't blame it on White, but I'm going to give coaching another loss. I think both of our losses this year have come from the coaches and the offensive line. What do you think? Well, if anybody uh, was paying attention to my Twitter feed last night, where I, I think I fired a bunch of coaches last night, uh, so I hope none of them hold that against me. But, uh, yeah, I called for Maldon and Lashley to both get their walking papers. Uh, I thought that um, the way that defense put Auburn has got a damn good defense. I mean, that is a, do, a solid, spectacular defense. You held AM to five field goals. I mean, yeah, oh, it was 22 points. It was five field goals. A&M got down there like, no, 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 no. We're not letting in the end zone. I mean, yeah, oh, they scored 29. Again, think about that, though. Auburn should have easily been in that game. I feel like offensively that they let the team down with the play calling and, and with the decision-making of who to play. Obviously, Franklin Third uh, showed late in that game that he probably should be starting and running this offense. They waited too long to put him in there. Uh, and by the time they put him in, there was no chance. I mean, of course, everybody, got, even I made fun of it, the fourth and 18 where Franklin picked up 15 and steps out of bounds. Come on, dude. I mean, you ain't got no damn sense. Come on. But, you know, in that net, Auburn should play Franklin. Sean White's going to transfer to Oklahoma or TCU or Texas you know, some school like that, and go be a star in their system because they actually let him be a pocket passer. All right? But Auburn needs to play John Franklin because they're going to win ballgames if they play that boy. Hey, I'm going to tell you one stat that will blow your mind. Guess how many passes over 20 yards Auburn attempted last night? Two. Zero. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, that's gutless. I mean, and you got to give – you got to give some of it to the offensive line for not blocking for him all the way, but you also have to. And Watt's not a rollout passer, but if he's if he's having trouble in the pocket, roll him out a little bit, let him get in a rhythm, throw the ball. He's not the the most immobile quarterback out there. He can run a little bit, but but Jonathan, how long have I been saying that John Franklin is not the quarterback for Auburn? Have I how many times, how many years, and how many shows have I said that? and people have disagreed with me and disagreed with me. Do you think after last night they're going to listen to me now? I mean, one would hope, but, you know, let's let's always uh, well, if I, if I never that, underestimate. If I know that, if I know that, why does Gus Malzahn and Rhett Lashley not know that? Well, because Gus Malzahn and Rhett Lashley have proven that they're both idiots and they're incompetent. I feel like if Nick Marshall wasn't the only option and Cam Newton wasn't the only option, that they wouldn't have uh, they wouldn't have started in place. I feel that at this point, I really do. I mean, Gus Malzahn and Rhett Lashley need to sit down and go, okay, how did we succeed with Cam and with Nick? We dumbed down the playbook. All right, why did we play those guys? They're both athletic. Okay. Sean White's that, right? No, you idiot. It's Sean Franklin. Oh, got it. Shay of three. Okay. So what should we do? Dumb down the playbook. I got it. Are we going to win games? You should. 
I mean, think about this. Auburn, as far as home conference games, is in the same class as Kansas and Kentucky. Colorado. Colorado. You're talking about teams that can't recruit top 50. And then Auburn is a team that recruits top 10. That's pitiful. And here's the deal, and Quinn will be on in just a second right here, but this is what's going to happen this Saturday night. Auburn's a two-and-a-half-point dog, Jonathan, to LSU. And from what I heard on the sideline between the players last night, the frustration boiled over. It looks like Gus may be losing his team a little bit. But, what I, you know, that little conference I told you happened um, after the Clemson game with the, the big wheels at Auburn? Yeah. Remember me telling you about that? And and in order for Gus to keep his job, I found that last night. He had to he if he if he didn't win one of those LSU or A and M games, he was fired, and they were going to fire him during the season immediately. And it wasn't going to be it wasn't going to be end of the year kind of thing because if you think about it. But here here's my thing. I'm about to bring Quinn on, and this is what I think. If you fire Malzahn, who are you going to hire? And that's Here's Auburn needs uh, – they lost their offensive line coach. They're going to get better on the offensive line. They've got talent there. It takes a little while to gel. Gus needs a quarterback. We know that. He can't develop one. So don't even recruit a quarterback. Go to JUCO. Find a guy athletic and bring him in on your system. Allow your defense to keep getting better and better. Quinn, um, I'll talk about Notre Dame in a minute, but right now we're going to talk Auburn. What what'd you think of last night and how much longer does – his old Gus guy, will he be back in Springdale, Arkansas, coaching high school next year? That's the question. It's pathetic. It's pitiful. I wanted to drink bleach last night, put bleach in my eyes, so I didn't have to watch the two horror story of the games I watched last night. Mm-hmm. How it's bad pathetic. was that? I mean, are you, are, you ready to, are you ready to say Sean White's not the quarterback now? Are you ready to to agree with me on yeah. that. And I'm not saying Franklin is. I don't know. But, I mean, I know we can't win with Sean White. I'm not saying JF3 is going to come in there and throw for 300 yards, but he could throw for a buck 50 and he could run for yeah. a buck 50 and get get everybody else rolling and running the ball. That's that's the only way Auburn can win. With a defense like that, you're in every football game. Now you just got to score. We scored a couple touchdowns last If we had scored – on that first drive, or one through four drives in the second half and going up 17-16, you're looking at a different ball game. And the, and the, and the thing is, gosh, I, if I was a quarterback, I wouldn't come to Auburn, honestly, because because you can't – because Gus and Rhett can't develop one. You're telling me – that when Jeremy Johnson came in and a backup and was lighting in a fire and then comes in as a starter and and looks god awful, that's on the coaching. All of this is on the coaching. It's pathetic. I agree. I agree. It's pathetic. So 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 if Auburn loses to LSU, what's your thought next week? I mean, here's another. Like Jonathan says, we I mean we're in the Kansas. Territory, Colorado. I think we tied Colorado for the. It's been since 2014, and and look, I go to a lot of Auburn games. I don't go to a lot of the non-conference games unless they're big-time games. But it's been a long time since I've sat in Jordan Air Stadium and watched them win a game. 
And yeah. I think the fans around there are starting to feel that, Quinn. And it's like, here we go again, and something's got to happen Saturday night or Gus Miles' on, office is going to be empty. And not only his, Jay Jacobs is going to be empty as well. They're going to go at the same time. Rhett Lashley and all of them will be packing up. I don't know who's going to run the team, but um, it's definitely not going to be Gus if he loses Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, I don't even have confidence that we can win six games at this point. Who cares? I, really, like we matter? Can... I don't care if we win three. Do you? I don't care if we go three and nine. If put put Woody Barrett in there, the freshman, if you have to, and let's play every every freshman and underclassman we can. Tell the seniors thanks for all you've done, but get the hell out of here. Um, well, you know we're we're trying to build something, but I don't care about a six and six bowl game against. Memphis. I care about winning it all or nothing. That's that's just the mindset. You don't. Who cares if you go to a, a bowl game? Really? Do you really care? Yeah. Well, mine. Well, mine as well. They start looking for a coach because because I doubt Auburn beats LSU. So, well, mine as well start looking for a coach. Well, after if Franklin quarterbacks, Auburn's going to beat LSU. I don't think so. If Franklin's named the starting quarterback, Jonathan, if Franklin's named the starting quarterback, we'll beat LSU by two scores. Well, I mean, what I saw from LSU last night was a team that defensively is not bad at all. Um, Actually, I like their defense, Uh, especially with that kid they have at defensive end, Arden Key, I think was his name, but the game-clinching sack. Offensively, they brought in Danny Etling, which, okay, LSU and Florida are starting two quarterbacks who both left Purdue because they weren't good enough to play at Purdue. Let me just put that out there. That is funny as hell to me right now. They both, I mean, Florida isn't my choice, but still. Um, but LSU's offense, I feel, struggles. Because everybody's just boxing up for Fournette, and as good as the receivers are at LSU, they don't have anybody who can get them the ball. I think Auburn could beat LSU because I think LSU is in the same boat as Auburn. A really good defense and an offense with no direction, and that, in all honesty, the offensive coordinator and head coach should be fired from both teams. Yeah, here's the problem. What I feel is going to happen is. Gus' offensive play calling is going to be horrible again. The defense is going to get let out to dry. They're going to hold them for three quarters, and then the fourth quarter they're going to get hang out to dry too long, and then going to lose. That's what I. Fournette's going to bust. Fournette's going to bust a couple. You're saying, and uh, when that defense is tired, you know, and. Yeah, yeah, but I, I look A and M. A and M has a serious offense, guys. They're they're a serious team. They have a quarterback that can run the zone read. He's he's dual threat. A running back this year that's good and some great receivers. Auburn, like Jonathan said, you held that team to five five field goals right there, and a lot of teams couldn't do that. Um, what Auburn's going to end up in a problem with is if they wait too long. If you want to get rid of Malzahn, you know he's got to go. And now it's time to pick up the phone and call Art Bryles. It's it's time to get on a plane to Louisville and go talk to Bobby Petrino. I mean, yeah, I don't want Bryles. I don't. I'll I'll take him. I mean, I'll, bring him I'll on. He can Petrino. recruit. He can win. 
I'll take the well, I mean, That's the same class of character. That's the same character you got right there, both of them. So I'll take uh, Herman. And But here's the deal. Unless you get Herman, Bryles, or, or Petrino, Quinn, and Jonathan, I'll ask, who are you going to get? So if you fire Malzahn, you end up setting the program back three to five years because you've recruited this style for six years and now all of it, or more than that, actually, and more than that, Jonathan, you, you set your program back. If you can't find that coach, you're screwed. You end up with somebody like a Will Muschamp or some Matt team coach or something. So I say keep mouths on unless you've got verbal, unless you can get it like Art Bryles or one of those top coaches to sign immediately. I don't think you fire him right now. Well, I mean, obviously, if you're offering, you'd love to get uh, Malzahn or Petrino. I mean, not Malzahn, uh, Herman or Petrino. Those are, those would be the top two of your wish list. And, of course, everybody was making jokes yesterday. Don't enjoy this too much, Louisville. Bobby's gone by the end of the year for Auburn. They, you know, so, I mean, there's already, you know, people are saying that's going to happen. But Bryles is obviously a touchy situation. Uh, he came back into the spotlight Friday night when he was at the Baylor game uh, in the stands. I'm going to tell you a coach that y'all need to think about. And look at what he's done at this school, not what the school is. Look at what he's done. Look at their recruiting classes, which a lot of people have been like, whoa, where do they come from? P.J. Fleck at Western Michigan. He's like 36 years old. He play, he He's young. But that man has rebuilt Western Michigan. They're having recruiting classes that are a lot better than MAC teams ever usually get. He's winning games. He's beating teams in the Big Ten. Maybe not stalwarts, but he's beating them. He's a coach that I really like. I think he's an up-and-comer. That would be the under-the-radar coach I would look at. What what offense does he run? What offense? Uh, it's the max, so usually it's a shotgun up-tempo. Well, and here's the deal about Auburn, too. You've got big offensive linemen. You've got big running backs. You could easily switch that to a pro style. I mean, it's not that hard. Right. It's hard to make the switch from yeah. pro style to spread. But it's not as hard to make it from spread to pro, to pro style if you run a an offense like Auburn. But here's the deal, guys. Let's, it's three weeks in. Auburn's had a real bad schedule. I mean, it's just not. I mean, the worst thing that could happen is we've been on the road for those two games. But you know, at least at home we're able to to kind of stay in these games and uh, and learn. I think it's the offensive line and the quarterback and the the play calling. You know. If you're a play caller, you look like crap when the offensive line's not playing good. You do. I mean, it, it limits your playbook, Quinn. So, I know Gus, yeah. sometimes he, he does some questionable things. But he, he knows he's not as dumb as we make him out to be. But um, yeah. I don't even like Bobby Petrino, to be honest with you. I, I can't stand the guy. I'd say keep Gus Miles on unless you can get a Tom Herman or somebody like that, mm-hmm. Jonathan. I, that's, that's the way I'm looking at it because we know this. Stidham could easily sign with Auburn, and if he does, he's already developed. He's already a great quarterback. He can step right in. We've got the defense, offensive line, everybody will be back. Uh, I'm just saying keep Malzahn at least one more year after this one and, and just see because you, you you make a big coaching change right now, you could lose a lot, especially in recruiting, and that's what you don't want to yeah, do. Yeah, well, if we can beat LSU, that – That'll be a big deal because then we get Monroe the next week, which should be an easy one, and then go to Mississippi State. So, I mean, if Auburn can get past LSU, it, 
It's more looking up. Yeah, I mean, you've only lost. you got to forget the Clemson game, forget the playoffs and everything, forget all that, but realize you've only lost one game in conference. So, yeah, granted, it's the only one you played, but, I mean, it, it's, it's only one loss. And, Jonathan, I don't think A&M's going to make it too far, to be honest with you. They'll run into Alabama and get beat by about 30. That's probably what will happen to them. And, and they'll fall apart. Kevin Sumlin's teams aren't very well coached, and I don't know. But I'll find out more information about Auburn. But this LSU game's big because, Jonathan, what if LSU beats Auburn and LSU roll, starts losing some games? And then all of a sudden you have LSU looking for a coach. Now you have Auburn looking for a coach. Kentucky's going to be looking for a coach. I mean, it's just, I mean there's going to be I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams looking for a coach right now. So if you're going to get one, you think Herman Jonathan would leave Houston? I would leave Houston in a heartbeat to come to the SEC in Auburn with their with their facilities and everything. Why? Because I mean, it's just because you're in the SEC, you're playing with the best. Oh, I, I love that. That's so cute. Um, yeah, if I'm Tom Herman, I'm not leaving Houston unless I get a really good deal. Because he's got a really good deal. He's making good money. He's in a good area for recruiting. He can hit Louisiana and Texas. Um, he's already shown that he can. he's making waves recruiting, doing a solid job. And his team's one of the most popular as far as uh, expansion. For all we know, the SEC says, hey, we want 16 and calls on Houston. We already know the Big 12 is looking at Houston. So he's mm-hmm. about to have a Power 5 job. So I, I wouldn't leave if I was him. Keep winning. Realize that you're going to be in a I big boy either. conference soon. Just hang out. I wouldn't either. Honestly, I wouldn't either. I'm, I'm being honest. I would stay there because if you win a couple games, you're going to be in the playoffs possibly. You let all the carnage happen. And you got a better chance to make the playoffs with Houston than you do with Auburn. I mean, honestly, you do. Because Auburn's got a gauntlet to run through. And let's let's talk real quick about uh, Tennessee and Florida coming up. I know I know Florida lost their quarterback, Jonathan, and that game's up this weekend. Tennessee opens a ten point favorite over Florida. I think when's Tennessee gonna get going? Because I watched that Tennessee team this weekend and they looked nothing's changed in three weeks, which is scary. I can I can give you a game or so and okay, a quarter after that. But when I see for three games in a row, your team has looked the same, um, I start to worry a little bit. And Tennessee, you know, they're, they're, they're tough four games. They play uh, Florida, Texas A&M, Bama, and Georgia, I think, in the next four weeks. So what's Tennessee going to have to do to get better? It looks like their offensive line is getting dominated. Uh, yeah, they're having problems with the offensive line. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I, I honestly think that they didn't really show up for Ohio because they have Florida next week. And I, I looked into the game and said, what's that line? What's the over-under? Let me get Ohio plus to 27 and the under 58. And, hey, of course it did. Tennessee wasn't showing up for that game. They were, they, Tennessee didn't care. Tennessee wanted to make sure they won the game and moved on. I said the defense uh, held Ohio to, what, four field goals? all from the Tarpon Springs High alum, go Louis Zervis. Um, Tennessee's offense did what they needed to do to, to put up enough points to win. They scored 28 points. They ran the ball a little. They threw the ball a little. I mean, I, I, this game didn't show me anything that I was looking looking to say. They looked better than they did against Appalachian State, and that's the important thing. Mm-hmm. 
And here's the deal. Florida, and, and let's talk a minute. Florida's ranked up there. I'm going to pull up the rankings real quick, guys, so we can talk about this before we get into the Notre Dame game and let Quinn go off on that one. But here's an Iowa team that's still ranked in the top 25. They hadn't beaten anybody and lost to an FCS school. Um, Georgia has climbed all the way up to number 11, and they're terrible. Florida, at least they're at like 16 and 19 in the polls. They're not getting too much love. But, Jonathan, I mean, this SEC, I mean, with Georgia, really? I mean, barely beating Missouri. Uh, they shouldn't have beat them, actually. And then but Iowa, that's what I have a problem with right now is Iowa sitting down there uh, ranked right now. And you even have Ole Miss that's ranked at one and two right now. Like, it's just. It's just some of these posters make me scratch my head a little bit. Yeah, it's I agree. funny. Oh, no, they, I they, agree. They dropped Go ahead, Jonathan. That question was to you. Hold on. That's a, that's a Jonathan Quinn. Go ahead, Jonathan. Oh, no, I agree. I mean, Ole Miss is ranked. They have two losses. Oklahoma's ranked. They have two losses. Uh, Iowa really has no business being ranked. I mean, there's some really good – Still undefeated teams out there that deserve to be ranked, uh, and, and I, I think that uh, the, the the pollsters are just trying to keep it the same. They're like, well, these teams will probably be there at the end of the year, even though a lot of them won't be. They're, as as always, every year they're going to overvalue teams that they really shouldn't. Well, Georgia played North Carolina and Missouri. Those are tough games. Stop it. Really? Just, just stop it. They, they, they should, uh, Georgia, in, in a perfect world, would be 0-3 right now. If Nick Chubb wasn't at Georgia, they'd be 0-3 right now. All right? So, looking at this, completely looking at the polls, when I'm more, I'm more in, you know, looking towards who do they have in the top ten, what, and in what order are they thinking Ohio State and Michigan, because I think those are the clear-cut two teams in the Big Ten, no disrespect to Michigan State, but – I, after what I saw last night, you ain't going to beat Ohio State. You, I really don't think you're going to beat Michigan. Um, and I want to see where they rank Houston from here on out. I want to see if Houston falls, rises, what do they do with Houston. Other than that, you can keep a, a 11 through 25 and throw it away. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Because you know what? If Stanford keeps winning, Houston's going to start dropping. If Michigan State keeps winning, Houston's going to drop. So some of these bigger teams are from the bigger conferences win. Uh, but here's the deal. Ohio State went to Oklahoma. I don't see Michigan doing that. They don't play anybody out of conference. Those, those guys are afraid to, to play anybody outside of, outside of their home stadium. But, Quinn, you're, you're Notre Dame Irish, man. My God, what, what in the heck's wrong with Notre Dame? They're out of the top 25 now. They lose to a team in Michigan State. But I really just don't think that's good. They're that good. Well, they they slept lock for uh, pretty much three quarters, and then they realized, oh, we're down twenty nine, we're down thirty six to seven. We better start uh, throwing the ball some more, using uh, Kaiser's ability to throw the ball. So then they finally started chucking it downfield and started getting results. And then the defense finally started playing. It only took almost three whole quarters before they finally woke up. It was horrible. I don't know how much more Coach Kelly has to see before he throws Van Gorder out. 
He's been here three years, and it's the same thing. And it's the same thing that they keep. Oh, it's a complicated scheme. These these guys are still like he's been here three years. What's it going to take before Coach Kelly just gets rid of him? Yeah, uncomplicated then. If it's that complicated, then get a new coach or uncomplicated a little bit. But Notre Dame, man, I mean, with the rest of their schedule, I haven't looked at it all the way, but you got to be – there's no playoff for Notre Dame, Jonathan. It's, there's no chance in that. But Brian Kelly, what does that stock do for John for Brian Kelly right now? Because he went from uh, a hero to a zero all of a sudden. He needs to get rid of Brian Gorder. Quinn's right. I agree. I think uh, Van Gorder does need to go. He has been horrendous. There, there's been nothing good about what he's done there at Notre Dame. And Quinn's right. Oh, it's a complicated scheme. Yeah, mm, that argument works for a year, maybe two. If we're in year three and that's still your argument, well, it's too complicated for even the defensive coordinator at that point, okay? Because it's not complicated for the offenses you're facing. They find it very easy and simplistic. Uh, so I think Brian Kelly, uh, he's his stock might be trending downward a little bit. Uh, you know, this, if this year gets any worse, you might see him try and make a, uh, a quick exit for the NFL. But I have to imagine that he's going to find a way to right this ship. Yeah, I mean. You know what? I'll, big... I'll take him at Auburn if he wants to come over. Yeah, and the thing is, is, okay, so the defense is getting beat up all game. Fourth and seven at about the fifty, okay. Um, three about three thirty left in a game, going to try and tie it. Oh, what does he do? We have three timeouts. What does Brian Kelly decide? Oh, we'll punt it. We'll trust the defense. Oh, we never get the <laughs> freaking ball back. Dude, go for it on fourth and seven. What the hell? The defense has gotten gassed all game, and you're going to have confidence in them to stop them? No. And and then it's a third down and eight. Okay, we're about to stop them. Okay, so we know it's going to – the Notre Dame defense knows it's going to be a pass. What happens? Michigan State guy 20, 20 yards down the field wide open. And then Coach Kelly finally looks at Van Gorder and yells at him. Like, what What the frick is going on? Like, I love Brian and Kelly, but there are situations like this a couple times a year where they could tie it or win the game, and he makes a bonehead decision. And this was a bonehead decision. Well, let's, let's talk about the um, – we'll come back to them. But Alabama, I've heard all year how how great this – Stonewall defense was Jonathan Hill. Nobody could put a touchdown on him, but Chad Kelly puts up 421 yards, three touchdowns. And if it hadn't been for special teams and a defensive touchdown or so, I mean, Alabama would have been in the world of hurt yesterday. I think, I don't know if you remember Alabama's punt return for a touchdown, but I don't know if you saw that block in the back that they didn't call right there, but I'll just leave it at you, with you, Jonathan, and see if you saw it or not. I got to be honest, uh, about after halftime, I started drifting in and out of that game because I'm watching it, and the thought in my head was, oh, you've got to be kidding me, not again. Because everybody had to see that. Once it got to 24-24, you're like, Alabama's going to win this game by double digits. You've got to be kidding me. Ole Miss is going to let them climb right back in this. Alabama's going to win like 
55 to like 30. And, you know, credit old Miss for fighting, but I mean, that punt return didn't look right. I gotta be, you know, I agree with you. I think they missed uh, at least one penalty uh, on that. What was it, two defensive touchdowns for them? I mean, Chad yep. Kelly with no pocket presence. Right, I mean, that, that pick six by a D lineman. Damn. Come on now. Really? I mean, Chad Kelly has no pocket presence. On the one yard line. And then the fumble on the one yard line picked up for a touchdown, I think. Yeah, where he he he's feels the defender. He knows the defender's right there on him, and he thinks he's gonna run away and throw the football. You just gotta chuck that and live another down, son. You know that's what you gotta do there. This is Alabama. This ain't uh, Middle Tennessee Tech. Okay, those boys are fast. He's gonna come catch you. Uh, for him to think he was gonna he was gonna run like that, the ball and he was not gonna get hit, and the ball wasn't gonna come out. He's smoking the wrong stuff. I was very disappointed in what I saw uh, from Ole Miss offensively in the second half, from what I saw from Ole Miss defensively in the second half, and what I saw from Hugh Freeze in the whole game where he had this look on his face like, I don't belong here. I probably shouldn't be here. Hopefully nobody realizes that they should have fired me. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, look at the return yard difference, Quinn. In this game, it was it was 249 return yards for Bama, 35 for Ole Miss. That's the game. That's what – that was yeah. the difference right there. Those turnovers and, and special teams, you got to give your hats off to Alabama because anytime you get down 24 to 3 on the road and you come back, that's, that's saying something. And they didn't just come yeah. back. They were up like 18. They were up 18 yeah. points. Yeah, I knew Bama – I knew uh, when Bama was down 24 to 3, I had a feeling – and. And I knew they were going to come back. Uh, Hugh Freeze is, uh, to me, he's a very overrated coach. I really don't think he's that good. He more just lives off of the talent he recruits. But I don't, I really don't think he's that great of a coach. I mean, especially talent he buys. Coach. Talent he buys. Talent yeah, he talent. buys. But how does his quarterback do well? How does the quarterbacks at Ole Miss do well? And Auburn can so. I don't think Hugh Freeze is a better coach than Gus Malzahn, but what does Hugh Freeze, Jonathan, do different with quarterbacks than Gus does? Because Chad Kelly came from the same JUCO. He throws for 421 on Bama. Last year, they had, a couple of years ago, they've had good quarterback play, but it just seems like they can beat Alabama, but they can't beat other teams. I mean, they should have beaten Bama yesterday. That's the bottom line. They should have beaten Bama yesterday of the way they played, but again, Stupid coaching and a quarterback, you live and die. Swag Kelly, he may make you some plays, but he's also, like you said, his pocket presence. He's going to kill you on a few. And I think he, he gave away more than he he really gave to Ole Miss last night. Wouldn't you agree? He made some dumb mistakes. Oh, I, I agree uh, 100% with that. I mean, look, Ole Miss had a uh, – had a, what, 22-point lead on Florida State and a 21-point lead on Alabama. Think about that for a second. They had two of, let's say, top 25 teams in the country. Uh, They had them by three touchdowns and lost. So I think that's bad coaching right away. But I think uh, what I think Hugh Freeze does compared to Gus Malzahn is he kind of – he doesn't – he just kind of lets his, his system work. 
And what I mean by that is there's no force. It's just take what they give you or just throw it downfield. Who cares? Be you. Have fun. Whereas, you know, Gus tries to stress his quarterbacks no turnovers. You freeze like, you're going to throw the ball over at some point. What do I care? Just throw the ball. Uh, that, that's the main difference I, I look at in their coaching style. Yeah. Ole Miss has a chance to fall off the rails this weekend. They played Georgia in Oxford, and look, I think Ole Miss is going to win the game. But let's say Georgia has been sandbagging a little bit and they actually get it together and they win. I mean, this line opened up at Ole Miss, too. Now it's up to six and a half. I don't know what happened in between uh, a couple hours, but people love Ole Miss in this game. But if Ole Miss loses, Jonathan, I think the train's off the tracks. I think Hugh Freeze gets fired. I think they, they lose about six or seven games this year. The schedule doesn't get easier for them. No, I agree. I mean, if they lose to Georgia, oh, boy. Especially if they get a lead on Georgia and lose, oh, my goodness. Don't let that happen. Hey, you know, Easton kind of came into his own uh, against Missouri. So, this, I think, you know, there's somebody that he might be able to throw the ball on, on Ole Miss. That's proven to be something that they're having a hard time with. Actually, they're just having a miserable time on defense in general. Think about it. Florida State threw 400 yards. Alabama ran for over 300. I mean, what does Ole Miss not do well? Anything. They don't do anything well. So, you know, this could be a game where Nick Chubb just gets up at it and, and Easton has that 500-yard game, and all of a sudden you're sitting there going, land sharp defense, my ass, that's a bunch of minnows. Yeah, but think about it. They, you think about coming off that loss of Florida State and then at least you got Alabama and then you lose that one. I mean, I could see Ole Miss coming in very flat next week, very, very flat next week, and Georgia catching them off guard. And and winning that, even though I think Georgia's pathetic, I think I think they're pathetic. And here's a line that's going to shock you next week: Florida State's only opened up a three-point favorite over South Florida. What in the world? I mean, <laughs> did, did 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 Florida State quit after last night's game? Did they just say we're done for the year? I mean, what, what's going on? What does Vegas know? I don't know. Well, that's a tough game. It always has been. It's weird. USF shouldn't hang with us, but people forget that all the kids that go to USF or all the kids that wanted to go to Florida State but didn't get recruited by them. So they, they come in a little juiced. Uh, it's in Tampa, which isn't really home for advantage because it's the Buck Stadium. It's Ray J, uh, which is funny. I wanted to go to this game. It's cheaper for me to get end zone seats to a Bucks game than to sit in the 300 level for this game. So I'll be watching this one from home. Yeah, I can go to a USF game for 15 bucks any time of the year except for this game. Anyways, uh, off my soapbox. Uh, Florida State, Demarcus Walker had a moment uh, after the old Miss game where he made a promise that this was going to be a totally different team and they were going to come back from this and blah, 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 and a bunch of other crap that I really don't believe. I uh, think I have to show me. But Florida State should be favored <laughs> over anybody right now. I would not have them favored over anybody right now. I, I am mortified by what I saw. I would have made USF a three-point favorite and told FSU, prove me y'all ain't a bunch of pansies. Prove it. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, you, there's a difference between losing, but when you get your manhood taken away from you, you feel like Jonathan feels right now about his team. I mean, there's a, there's a difference between losing a tough game, not being able to move the ball, but there's a difference between getting raped and sodomized in your own house almost. I mean, it was in Louisville, but still, 
It, it was a terrible weekend for, for sports. The only good thing that came out of this weekend was Cam Newton led up San Francisco. I mean, threw for close to 350, set the all-time record rushing quarterback. Or we already had that probably, but it was a bad weekend for Quinn. Both of his teams lost. Auburn lost. Florida State lost. Tampa Bay is getting skull drug right now by Arizona. So, Jonathan, let's just let's forget this week ever happened. How about that? Quinn, are you with me? <laughs> I'm with you. Well, I mean, but people again, ask guys, me, how does Florida State do? Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure you've used this before. People ask me how Florida State did, and I said, oh, they had a bye week. Like, no, they played at Louisville. No, they never made it to Louisville. We had a bye week. <laughs> and where's 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 Jason Humphrey at right now? I mean, his, his duck's too athletic for Nebraska. I'm trying to get in touch with him. He's probably on suicide watch up there in Seattle somewhere. Oh, yeah, called that one, huh? I think I think I think we all yeah. called that one. We knew it was gonna be a tight game. And how did Nebraska win? Yeah. They ran the football. Well, Oregon yeah. uh, Oregon played a little better than I thought they would, honestly. So I don't think Jason should hang his head down in shame, but I don't know. Next weekend A and M's a three and a half point favorite over Arkansas in a neutral site. That's your lock of the week. Go grab your bookie's paycheck and tell him you're taking it away from him and bet on A&M because Arkansas, let's face it, I'm telling you, that's a game I feel very, very confident Auburn can win. And, like, people, you know, I'm pretty good at Auburn football and SEC football at picking it. I did pick Auburn to beat A&M last night, and I really felt good about it, too. It wasn't a bad feeling. It was a good feeling I had about that game. And and I lost, you know, you, you look at it. But I know that Arkansas, who they are, too, and I know A&M is good enough to get past Arkansas. But after that, you're going to see A&M go to hell in a handbasket. I'm telling you guys. You can I think you Arkansas beats A&M. I think no, Arkansas beats A&M. Has Arkansas beat A&M since they joined the SEC? I don't think they have. No, no, they haven't. It's been a shootout every time. But A&M, I'll give A&M some credit. They do have a pretty dadgum good defense. Or I'll say it's better than it has been in years past. Would you all agree with that? Think about this, Quinn. Think about this. As bad as Auburn looked last night, would it surprise you if I told you Auburn had over 400 yards of offense? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, they did. I mean, it's like it's just they couldn't. They couldn't ever sustain drives except that one. You know, they yeah they got that one good drive to go up seven to nothing. But John Franklin the third, and I'm about to have a call in a few minutes with with my main recruit. I got to go down to the uh, Letterman's Lounge last night, Quinn in Auburn. It was pretty fun uh, at halftime, and uh, had a great tailgate out there with him. But I'll tell you this: everybody was shocked that. Auburn resorted back to that same team we saw against Clemson. And and I told you this, we're going to find out how good Auburn is by the end of the month of September. Well, it's middle way through and we already know they're in trouble and they, they better, they could, they could turn it around, but this going to, they're going to have to have some help to do it. Um, in order for them yeah. to have a successful season, Jonathan, they need to be three and two, four and two, five and five and two heading into Oxford on October 29th. If they just say they lose that five and three, they beat Vanderbilt six and three, 
They beat Georgia seven and three. They beat Alabama A and M eight and three, and they lose to Bama as eight and four. That would be probably the best case scenario for an Auburn team right now. Uh, if John Franklin the third comes in, then all that's out. All that's out. If he because Jonathan, how much difference is it going to make for Franklin to get first team reps all through practice? He gets all the reps. He gets to go through the playbook, like you said, they dumb it down a little bit for him. And he gets reps in the games instead of coming in in a roll or behind 14. This is his game to win or lose. I think you may see a different player if you allow him a chance to play. And uh, and also, Jeremy Johnson, I don't know right now if I'd want him to be totally out of the mix because he can do both of what Franklin and, and White can do. He just He's not real nifty. But, but again, Auburn opened up a two-and-a-half-point dog, Jonathan, but could you see Franklin taking over this team and uh, and just and taking off a run like they did in 2013 after they lost? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I know. I don't. I don't think that this Auburn team is mentally tough enough to. Uh, to I think that Auburn team was tough. I think they were mentally tough. I don't think this one is. Yeah. I can't argue with you, man. I can't argue with you. And, and here's the last thing about Auburn I'm going to say. When I watch the offensive line play, I think they have a good offensive line, but I think they have them mixed up. I think they have people, Jonathan, in the wrong position. Does that make sense? I think I said that on the other show a couple of weeks ago. It looks like they have the tackle needs to be at the guard, the center needs to be at the tackle, vice versa. It's just I just don't think they're in the right position right now. I mean, I, that definitely makes sense to me. Uh, you know, that's something that, you know, Florida State dealt with uh, against uh, Ole Miss when they had a left tackle playing left guard. Uh, you know, I was watching a game last night. Now I can't remember who it was. They were talking about how the whole, since the start of the game, the whole right side of the offensive line had been completely altered. And I thought that was amazing at first. And then I thought about it and I went, is it really that amazing considering that, um, I mean, as almost expected uh, this early in the year, some of these teams are going to get through their prac- their fall camp, they're going to start playing games and go, oh, crap, this guy really can't play this position. We need to move this guy here and this guy there. So I think uh, Auburn, just like any team that is having trouble with the offensive line, including Alabama, uh, needs to uh, go ahead and reevaluate and see if there's any changes they can make to that. The thing is, with Alabama's offensive line, at least they have a quarterback that can he, – he looks comfortable to me. I mean, that's a good quarterback, Hurts. He's, he's going to be real good, but that's the difference between Auburn and Alabama. They don't have the, the offense to be able to to get through those times while they're developing. Alabama's 3-0 right now, and they played a pretty tough you know, schedule right there with USC opening up. Western Kentucky is not terrible, but at Ole Miss is not an easy game. But let's go to the uh, – before we get to NFL talk, I'd rather talk NFL tonight than I would anything else. It's the only bright spot of my weekend so far. Thank you very much, Auburn. Um, big big game, Bob, though. Let's talk about the game, Bob. Well, here's Bob's for the chance. He laid an egg against Houston in the neutral site, and they get pistol whipped. That's 35 17 at the half last night. Got to score 10 to 7. They lose by 21. 
Jonathan, I mean, is it time for Bob Stoops to, for them to look at somebody else? Because, yeah, you're going to be competitive in Week 12. Big game, Bob, win the big games, and that's playoff, too. Like, that means playoffs. If you make it to the playoffs, you can't win down either. So, what do you think about Oklahoma getting rid of Big Bob? I don't think that's a bad idea at all. I felt that uh, the performance Oklahoma uh, put forth last night was absolutely embarrassing. I agree with Baker Mayfield when he said that they just got their asses kicked. And you heard the coaches try to explain things away. And you heard the players go, we got whipped. We, I mean, when the backup quarterback for Oklahoma piped up and said a couple of things about, Oklahoma, about Ohio State's defense before the game, it was – Oh, no, that's a bad idea, son. What are you doing? And then, wham. I mean, wham. They came at him. Noah Brown had five catches in his career going into that game. Way to be, Buccaneers. Had five catches going into that game. He caught four touchdowns last night, including that insane one, the one-handed pinned on the back of a corner. You know, now I think the 15-yard tossing penalty after that, because I get up, I look at the ball, I look at him and go, I caught this on your ass. You couldn't guard me. I caught this on your ass. I mean, come on, man. That was embarrassing. Ohio State, Oklahoma, the Big 12 is in trouble. They only have two undefeated teams, West Virginia and Baylor. That's how, it. Hey, how about how about Texas laying another? I mean, you know, Texas up there, people talking about their bag. They're giving up about fifty a game. Uh, go out and lose the cat last night. What if they put the big? Not only that, but Oklahoma State. Did they lose? Did they win last night? Did Oklahoma State win? Chance? Yeah, Oklahoma. They had that like three-hour rain delay. Came back, and Oklahoma State won by seven. Over. Okay, they're yeah. terrible too. Yeah, so the Big 12 is hot garbage. I mean, I said that the other night, and you agreed with me, Jonathan, when we looked at it. There's no team from the Big 12 that's coming to the playoff, okay? Now, this, now the Pac-12, I'm not going to sit here and, and say that Stanford because Stanford's looking pretty good right now to me. They're, they're doing what they have to do to win. So I'm going to flip my prediction a little bit and say the pac well, the Big 12 is not getting in, Johnson, and the Pac-12 has a decent shot at Stanford. Stanford's the only team that can. And you know Stanford, they will throw up probably. They will play somebody stucky and end up laying an egg and end up being beat. But they do have one of the best players in college football right now. What do you think about that statement? The Big 12 has a zero chance of getting into the playoffs. You know, it's funny, before the year started, I had Baylor finishing, I think, second in the Big 12. I said, you know, as long as they don't suffer uh, too many injuries, this is a team that is still their top line is talented enough for them to make a run. Lo and behold, they're the, probably the best team left in the Big 12 in all reality. And people are like, well, they suck. Well, the conference kind of sucks, so what's your point? Oh, uh, I agree. I don't think the Big 12 is a playoff team. The Pac-12, there's two teams out there, Brian. There are two teams in the Pac-12. There is one team, Ryan, that I have been championing for all offseason, and they look great the first three weeks. They're a top-10 team, and that's the University of Washington. I really believe that team's good, and I think whoever wins the Stanford-Washington game better not slip up. They please don't slip up because I'd love to see one of those two teams in the playoffs. Actually, no, I wouldn't because that would mean an at-large team could get in, go Florida State. But I really think the winner of the Stanford-Washington game 
has a chance to make it. Now, saying that, I think it has to be Stanford. As night as good as Washington is and as good as their schedule sets up, I think Stanford is the only one though who could actually run the table with the schedule they have. Because I think their schedule does wind up being a little bit easier. Well, uh yeah. Stanford has to go to Notre Dame. Uh, Stanford's going to have 700 yards. It's Another probably going to be stuff. a really high-scoring yeah. game. <laughs> when Notre Dame sucks, I mean they're they're just they're done. They're gonna they're gonna cash it in now. And I don't say they suck. I don't think they're just a bad team. But once a team loses a chance to play for a championship, we'll see how good they are. So we got all yeah. now they know unless 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 they win it all, win every game they play and all hell breaks loose, Auburn's not gonna make it. So how do they respond? Notre Dame doesn't have a chance with two losses. How do they respond? I mean that's that's what I'm saying. That's why I say Notre Dame sucks from the rest of the year. It's September, man. You got still October and November left. And you're out of yeah. it. How do you keep these kids motivated at Johnson for two months, two and a half months, knowing that Mm. You know, that's a tough one. Yeah, I, I, I caught you on the back end. I mean, you got to ask a great question. How do you keep the team motivated for two months after they've, for intents and purposes, been eliminated from the playoffs? I think that's the question every, co- you know, about 100 coaches ask at the end of September every year. You know what I mean? Um, you know, lo- looking at it, I, I think you just got to tell your players – do you really want to? Do you really want to spend a year of your life being known as a bunch of losers? Do you or, or do you want to fight? Do you want to be respected as men? Who cares if we go eight and four and we win a bowl game? What, go eight and four, win a bowl game, better than going over twelve. So at the end of the day, we need to go ahead and win. Remember that there's next year for you seniors. This is your time for highlight film. This is your time to show NFL scouts why you should be drafted. They're not going to stop watching because we lost. Come on, Jared Goff went number one. He played at Cal. They went eight and five and won a bowl game. We can do the same thing. So let's just stay focused. All right, let's play hard. Let's not play selfish, stupid hero ball. We're going to win games, and we're going to be a good team, and y'all going to be better for it. That's what I say. If you'd like to call in tonight, 646-716-5564. I haven't even looked at the studio tonight, but we're running out of 20 minutes left at that. Um, let's talk about the NFL. With big news in the NFL. Garoppolo goes out. They're at 24, I think. Like 24, 25, it doesn't close. But the Pats right now, Jonathan, the guy's got a throwing injury, I believe. Do you think you risk one play one of these two games, maybe? Or are you satisfied going um, two and two with Brick coming back? I think you're Nobody expected the Patriots to be right now, anyway. So I think it's nice if you could just find a way to pull out one win. When Brady's there at three and one, I think you're out of state. But where are you going, Jacoby Brissett? It's going to be your quarterback. I mean, does he have a chance to win this new system? Does Does Belichick have enough time to develop him like he's done Garoppolo? Had that much time? He's got a week. Do you think he can do it? 
Is he that good? Well, I think with Jacoby Brissett, the nice thing about him is that uh, yeah, his – I'm sorry. I mispronounced his name. I apologize. <laughs> I think his favorite way to – his style to play is the dink and dunk and take off when, when he needs to. You know, he, he had his headlights moment today. Uh, being in South Florida, that's my, that was the only 1 o'clock game I had uh, other than red zone. So I was watching that game a lot. And uh, he did okay, nothing spectacular. Now, if I'm the Patriots, for the sake of it, obviously you go out and we sign a backup quarterback for next week. You know, somebody like Josh Johnson or – or Ryan Mallett, or, you know, if you can get somebody who's been in your system before, you sign them for the week. You know, that way you at least have a, a, a backup in case of the inevitable, especially considering Brissett is a running quarterback. He likes to run, so you got to worry about that. Um, but it's not like their next two games are against incredibly uh, tough opponents. So I think you let the rookie go out there, play ball, see what he can do, uh, and then you get ready for Brady in week five. Yeah, how about run the zone read? That would throw some teams off if, if that's what you did, just came out and run the zone mm-hmm. read. Yes, it would. Let's see, let's see what could happen. You know, I'm not a Patriots fan like a lot of people are, but, uh, you know, Quinn today, Cam Newton had a pretty good game, 46 fantasy points for me. I don't know how many he had for you, but uh, – Cam Newton got it done against Carolina today. A big win. San Francisco, you know, played him tough. Carolina turned the ball over a couple of times, and I believe they lost Stewart at the running back position. Does anybody have an update on that injury that they could report? No. Uh, I haven't. The only update I have is on uh, Luke Del Rio, Florida's quarterback, who's going to be out two to three weeks. From what I saw with Stewart, they're still waiting on an MRI. Well, who's going to be Florida's backup quarterback? Austin Appleby, transferred from Purdue. Ooh. He must be good. He must be real. <laughs> I thought LSU had a Purdue. I thought I thought LSU had a Purdue transfer too. They, they do, Danny Etling. <laughs> wow, what is so this? SEC football. Let's go get some Big Ten. Yeah, let's go get some Purdue rejects. That's how bad we are at quarterback in the SEC. Is that what we're turning to now? Is that what we've become as a conference? This is the weakest I've seen in the SEC since I was taking a dump in diapers. This is, this is, the, this is the weakest I've seen in the SEC since Furrier was running it in Florida. I mean, like, it's bad right now, guys. It's bad in yeah. the SEC. It's, it's not good football. Yeah. Well, if you look at the SEC quarterbacks, uh, you wouldn't Terrible. be blown away at all by who they are. If you were to just look through who the starting SEC quarterbacks are, none of them are really that great, except for mainly Hurts, that'll probably be a superstar, but I can't even really... And Chad Kelly is probably like... Him and Hurts are probably the best. I can't yeah, even Jack, think of it. Chad, uh, Chad Edney Johnson, he thinks he's uh, he just I, anybody nicknamed nicknamed himself Swagly. I don't have much respect for. Hey man, don't be disrespecting Swag Kelly, yo. 
Man, and uh, I'm going to take it off sports a minute just before we go back to the NFL because this is our radio show, and we can do whatever we want to do. We can talk about whatever we want to. But yesterday, let's not forget about the uh, the three attacks on U.S. soil right now. We're going to take a minute and, and wish our thoughts and prayers to, to the victims and people hurt. We had the, the New York City bombing motive uh, we had the ISIS uh, Minnesota stabbings. Is, if, is it me or is Minnesota? I put that on Facebook. Is this not the breeding ground for for ISIS and Islamic terrorism right now? What in the hell is going on in Minnesota? And then we had the New York New Jersey bombs, Jonathan. I mean, what's going on? It seems like daily we're having something right now. And and what do you think about the chances? I, and I said it last night. I didn't want to talk about Auburn football last night on my way home, but. I think this bodes well for Donald Trump. This happening right now, I think Donald Trump can take advantage of it. Well, it's funny. I'm I'm, I'm watching a football game, which everyone was on last night, and um, I get the report of the bombing. I'm like, whoa, okay. Anybody hurt? What's going on? Um, you know, I'm talking to my buddy in New York, and I'm, hey, you know. Are you okay? How's your family? And uh, Donald Trump's at a, I believe he was at a speaking engagement, and he gets wind of it and says, look at this, a terrorist attack. And about 50 journalists, who we all know don't like Donald, they're, they're all back in Hillary, go, well, it's not a confirmed terrorist attack. You just want terrorists to happen. And then, like, 20 minutes later, it's confirmed it's a terrorist attack, and you have all these writers who all of a sudden went into hiding. I'm saying, oh, come on, guys, really? Y'all going to pipe up with it with some kids fooling around and they accidentally blew things up? I mean, what, what did you think it was? Radioactive waste decided to explode in the middle of a dumpster in New York City? Come on. So, I mean, I, do I think it bodes for Trump? I think it does a little. I'm not sure. I'm voting for the man. I, I, will, I will openly admit that right now. You ain't getting me to elect a gun Clinton. That ain't happening. Jill Stein's lost her damn mind. You're a racist if you vote for Trump. That's what people think. You know what? Here's my thoughts. I don't like Hillary Clinton. There's just too much bad baggage around that woman. But she was a senator for a state she didn't live in. That that, that right there is like, yeah, uh uh-huh. The last time she was in the White House, when when, uh, they left... They decided to take a bunch of furniture and stuff. Left the cat, of course. Wonderful people. Um, you have her escapades with Bill. You you have her whole. I understand the. No, you don't, woman. You don't understand those who are who don't have the same privileges as you. Your daughter got to leave Harvard and walk into a six-figure job doing nothing. Kiss my ass. Okay, Jill Stein has lost her mind. Gary Johnson has lost his mind. I was who was going to get my vote originally, but he's just completely lost it. So I'm looking at Donald yeah. going, you know what? You might not be my favorite person, but you're the one getting my vote. Quinn, Quinn, does it bother you that these guys won't say radical Islamic terrorism and they're so politically correct that they can't even admit it? Does that bother you at all? Mm, it's really something I don't think about it. I read about I read about the stuff the attacks that happen and I pray for the families and stuff. But really that stuff doesn't go through my mind. Like I only knew about the bombings in New York. 
that's all like that's how much I really don't follow the news. Like I saw it on Twitter, I looked it up. I didn't even know about the Minnesota attack or the New Jersey bombing. So the guy goes in like, praising or whatever. He, he's talking about Islam and everything, and and ISIS uh, is claiming responsibility for it. But the problem is, and again, we're getting back to football in just a second. But we can do whatever we want in the show. Is is Obama's got planned for another what two hundred thousand people to come on in? Some people we don't even know anything about. This is how it happens. I mean. Minnesota is a breeding ground for radical Islamic terrorism. I'm telling you guys, and and I, if that hurts people's feelings out there, I'm sorry, but we need to do a better job of of uh, screening people that come into this country. A country without borders is not a country. If you'd like to call in six four six seven one six five five six four, we're about out of time. But Jonathan, anything in the NFL has caught your attention today? Really, it's been one of those days that it's just been a gloomy day. And I think the best game of the day is going to come tonight with Minnesota-Green Bay. I know y'all think Green Bay is going to win, but I still think Minnesota is going to get them tonight. Yeah, Green Bay going to pistol with the Vikings. But, uh, no, I mean, we saw some good 1 o'clock games. The Giants uh, won uh, at the buzzer. Uh, the Lions found a way to throw one away. The Redskins found a way to throw one away. Actually, that was actually a pretty good game. It's just Kirk Cousins ain't that good. Uh, the Bucks suck. The Dolphins, I don't care how close that score is. The Dolphins suck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what else happened? Oh, the Steelers. Steelers look good again. Uh, the Cleveland Browns were up 20 to nothing, had an extra point block returned for two, and lost 25 to 20. Uh, the, the short way of saying they that suck. is the Browns suck. Uh, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think today has been fun. I think it's a cool day. Uh, thanks, thanks NFL for. I mean, Denver's in a, a Denver Indianapolis is a good game right now. Atlanta and uh, <clears throat> uh, Oakland's a good game right now. Uh, the Jaguars are getting skull drug. San Diego minus three, thank you. Uh, Tampa's getting skull drug. Hey, look, there's the Bucks I know and love. They suck. So yeah, go go, go NFL. And the Falcons, Seattle and, and the Falcons St. Louis is a good game. Yeah, and Falcons yeah. up six at halftime. You know what? You know what's going to happen yeah. in that second half. The Falcons, Falcons, mm-hmm. when they take the lead in the halftime, they they they're like uh, they're like Ole Miss, Atlanta, and Ole Miss. Oh yeah, they, they're similar to each other. Yeah. Well, guys, oh, yes, we'll be back are. on Wednesday. This week's not going to be as exciting, but but I'll let you guys know more. And I can't reveal my sources that that come on about. That's why they're called sources. You know, you don't. I don't reveal them and get the information I get and call people by name or else they wouldn't give me the information. But I'll keep you updated on the whole Gus Malzahn situation and the state of the mind of the team right now. But I think if Gus Malzahn does come out in this press conference tomorrow and say John Franklin III's a quarterback or tonight even, something's terribly wrong because here's one thing that caught my attention, and I don't know. This is what happens when you lose all these conference games at home, Jonathan and Quinn, is, when you don't sell out your first SEC home game against Texas A&M, there's something wrong. And I think it's – I think people are tired. I think they're tired of watching them lose like this. Yeah. I agree. Wait, last night yeah, wasn't a I, sellout? Nope. It's the first Whoa. time they had a sellout of an SEC game in, in a long time. I mean, 
That's the first time. And this is A&M. This is a team that, heck, you were favored over to win. And they're ranked, you know. And that's what scares me is because once people quit coming to the games and buying tickets, that coach is gone. So I just wanted to throw that out there to y'all and let you, you understand what's happening. So well, if Auburn doesn't beat LSU, if John Franklin, if, if Sean Weiss named a starter for the LSU game, and, and look, I'm, I'll go anyway. I'm not going to quit going to the games because my team's losing, but it's tiring going to a football game. It really is, and driving home late at night. But some some fans are bandwagon fans, okay? Yep. They go when things are good, and they, they don't come when things are bad. But some of the bandwagon fans of Auburn, the small percentage of them, are starting to stay at home. And uh, it doesn't bode well because once people start going, Jonathan, that's the first time. That's when you start looking at the coach saying, okay, something's got to give right now because we're not selling tickets. And people at Auburn want to know why they didn't get a bigger stadium. Well, you got to sell out your tickets first that you have before you get more. So, want to throw that out there, everybody. Have a great evening, and we'll see you Wednesday night or Thursday, one of the two. Um, probably Wednesday night since I'm traveling Thursday. So, everybody, take care. God bless, and pray for the people under the attacks this weekend. We'll talk to you soon. All right, y'all. See you. Mm-hmm.